This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In In the the city city of destiny. Hello, Candace. <laughs> so today we talked to the co-founder of a tech startup that recently relocated to Tacoma. Woo-hoo! And they're having a great time. So there'll probably be a lot to follow in their path, and we can tell you all about why that's important. We don't need no Frank Russell investments. Yeah! <sighs> Listen in! Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. Today we have three brilliant minds in, <laughs> Pat raises her eyebrows, in economic development and the software tech startup world and the biotech world. So could the three of you introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, I'm Pat Beard. I'm a business development manager with the city of Tacoma. Awesome. My name is Bill uh, Hurling, and I run a company uh, called Humming, uh, and we use AI and ML to automate advertising. And ML, ML is machine learning. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, so we try to are in the process of eliminating ad agencies. That's kind of our our operative. Disruptive. So, yep. yep. <laughs> I'm Christine Grace. I'm with the Rain Incubator, and I help with business development and marketing. Awesome. Tell us, yeah, tell us a little bit about the Rain Incubator. So at Rain, what we're trying to do is actually grow an industry of biotech in Tacoma and technology. So we are trying to find companies all the way from you know around the world. Literally, we go from um, across you know out, out in Europe. I'm trying to talk to companies to Asia, mainly in uh, across the border in Canada. So we're trying to bring our Canadian partners up in Vancouver and talk to them about Tacoma and say, if you want a footprint in the U.S., we are a great place to start. We have wet lab space. We have a large network of partners that will work with you. We can help you with grants. We can help you with a workforce mm-hmm. in our space. And then we bring those companies down. Even in you know Seattle and the east side, we down to Portland, we're trying to bring companies to our space to work with. And we're having success with that. So companies come down and will work in biotechnology fields, life sciences, creating molecular biology, things like making proteins, kinases, uh, different small molecules, engineering companies, types of companies like that. That will create higher paying jobs. That Mm -hmm. will create a more educated workforce with hands-on experience. That's what we're trying to create at Rain. While we're doing that, we're also trying to create education for our community. So we are holding education events. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So Rain's really exciting, and it's only a couple years old, uh, but it's a it's a first of its kind in Tacoma. Um, so the reason uh, we brought all of you brilliant people together today is uh, Tacoma is always kind of chasing that golden nugget of tech startups and tech businesses in general. Whenever we get one, like Infoblox, it's a huge deal. Everyone's really excited. Um, we want these companies for obvious reasons. They pay a really good wage. Um, they're shiny and create more economic development. Um, but why is it so important 
for Tacoma to have these startups? Why are we after them so bad? Yes, our city council has strategic goals. They have a strategic plan called 20, Tacoma 2025. And in those goals, the increase of living wage jobs is one of the top priorities for economic development. So jobs in the IT tech sector and biotech sector are those living wage jobs. Super important. Also capturing younger talent that, for good or bad, are learning less trades and more what I would call death skills. And um, also, because some of these companies are more recession-proof than other companies, so it helps us diversify our economy and keep things kind of rolling smoothly Mm -hmm. as time is kind of ebb and flow. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. And um, so what are some of the challenges that – well, I guess we should back up and say – so, Bill, your company recently relocated to Tacoma from Seattle. Correct. Yes. What was, yeah, so I think listeners are going to, like, perk up their ears at that. And right. um, your software company, or, like, how would you, you're a tech company. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I'm not I'm not a tech person. Um, <laughs> sure. So, what were, what was involved in your decision to move here? And what were some of your fears? Yeah, good question. So, um, re- principally, the interest of moving to uh, Tacoma in the South Sound region was, we saw an opportunity where we could really connect with a number of small businesses. And so our tool is, you know, automating advertising, trying to reduce barriers. And because of that, um, we're trying to connect with some different folks. And in Seattle, you know, we're a very, very, very small fish in a very, very big pond with sharks. And, um, you know, Amazon's literally right across the street from our Seattle office. You know, it's Sixth and Lenore. It's right there. So, in Tacoma, we feel like we can actually make a connection. You know, it's just you know, we we're just chatting. You know, there's there's ways that we can really help people here, and I think that that was really the impetus for us to come down. Um, the challenges, I think, and kind of so there's three things. Uh, one is um, the financial kind of uh, hesitant that I had was uh, there aren't enough financial resources here. You know, there's not the venture capitalist arm. There's not um, these early uh, early stage companies uh, that, that are have taken money from down here. There wasn't really a good use case that I was like, oh, well, they raised money. You know, Infoblox right. is public. You know, that's not really a – and they're based in Santa Clara. So it's not really like a, a, a great user story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little concerned about the financial aspect. One, two, we were concerned about recruiting, uh, especially on the development side. Um, and that's proven to be a challenge, not that it's one that can't be solved. I think there's pipelines of things. There's just not a um, – a well-connected infrastructure, at least in our experience, mm-hmm. um, and we're very new, very early. Um, so I was concerned about the, you know, sort of the development of it. And then I think, you know, the last thing was kind of the perception of it. You know, whenever I tell somebody in Seattle or – and the reason we are maintaining a Seattle presence, candidly, is because for a lot of developers from a recruitment standpoint, it's like I have some disease if I'm like, oh, we're in Tacoma. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. What happened? Oh, they must be contracting. No, actually, we're doing quite well. So um, I think that's that was part of it, too, is sort of a branding element that I was concerned about. But um, so, yeah, so the the capital, the, the talent, and uh, the brand are, are kind of the three things. I will say that 
of those three, uh, that that was ridiculous to think about this. Now that I'm here, I can tell any other startup that's thinking about coming down here, you should do it. It's it's better to be a big fish in a small pond than a than a very small fish in a big pond. So at a startup stage, so um, it's a community. It's just it's different. You know, people are like, oh, I know somebody, or oh, we could do this. So there's definitely financial resources here for sure, um, and there's definitely a, a great brand associated with it. You know. Um, the the challenge has been technically recruiting, and we're mm-hmm. still working around that, and trying to figure ways to combat that. But it's it's a multifaceted uh, problem, so I'm sure there will be a multifaceted approach in solving it. Yeah. So um, I had conversations with all of you this week, uh, getting ready for this episode, and that and the talent pipeline slash recruiting right. was a common theme. So can you all kind of talk about that from your perspective? What you're seeing in with that issue? Can I go first? Well, we're in the development stage because Mm -hmm. what we recognize is when you're a biotech company in other regions that are thriving, let's just take Seattle or the east side, there's a rich pool of candidates to select from. You can walk down any street and start talking about, you know, a problem that you're having in your industry. And there's people that understand what you're saying Mm -hmm. and just are speaking, you know, speaking the nomenclature of your industry, right? I mean, you and I could be having a discussion about a problem you're having in marketing. I can probably get two to three minutes into it, and then you're going to lose me. Whereas if you are in, you know, downtown Seattle, you know, Six and Lenora, you're probably going to be able to get further, you know, into it just because there's so many more people with resources that you have as opposed to Tacoma. So how do we change that? Well, we know that at the University of Washington, Tacoma, and probably talk about this more, we have training. We actually have programs in the School of Engineering that we are so excited. The School of Engineering is starting to train mechanical engineers. They have a pretty robust um, IT program. They have cybersecurity. Their computer engineering program, their electrical engineering program is starting up. So starting with the engineering program, is number one, the most important thing. But then you need hands-on training. Mm. So these internships that we're offering at Rain give hands-on training. A program like you would offer in your company where you would say, not only are we going to hire, but we're going to start to train from within. We recognize this is a low cost for us, but also there's a high return because we are going to do you know, internal training, and then we're going to take the best candidates. That's what we recognize we're getting the most return on. So at Rain, we spend so much of our time training young talent. We go into schools. So we go and actually do middle school education to try to inspire students to select more STEM classes mm. when they're in high school. We recognize there's a huge gender gap in computer science right now. So that's why we started the Rain Girls Who Code program just to try to get more girls to take AP computer science and to choose computer science as a, a major when they go to college and to go to college and select that or just to do it in a technical school. And then we also look at robotics programs and engineering programs, programs like that. Next week, we have our bioengineering camp where we're training hands-on all day long for five days, bioengineering students in ninth and 10th grade. Many of them, they're getting this for free. Wow. So, I mean, it's so RAIN is doing a lot of work intensively to train the next generation but it sounds like i mean you guys are one group doing this and but there are a lot of students coming out of the uwt engineering school and coming out of i think is it bates that has a a certification program for like they have several programs related to tech different different things anything from video to robotics to actual computer science Mm -hmm. um and kind of like to follow up on what Christine said about the School of Engineering and Technology. I mean, 
that in itself is huge. We were an institute up until this year. Now we're a school. Yeah. We do have graduates, so we have master in cybersecurity program, and they're working on a PhD program, which is essential, really, to going into R&D, which is a lot of where intellectual property comes from and startups generating here. So, for example, the first IP is coming out of UWT so far after 25 years of the school having started developing. And that's super exciting when you have brand new innovation spinning up in Tacoma. I mean, let's face it. Amazon started in in Seattle. They've grown in Seattle. And probably one of our best bets for Tacoma is to grow our own. Mm. So rather than really focusing on an overwhelming effort to recruit outside companies to come here, we still try to do that. We're a little more focused on, one, working with the companies we already have here. We have um, about 76 tech companies in Tacoma now. Um, some of them very small, some of them pretty big. Mm. And then the tech sector, of course, is a, every company. Multicare is a tech firm, if you want to call it that. Mm. So I think that all of these things combining, and it is, I agree with Christine, growing over time. But I think we're we're really getting there into having that talent pipeline right now. There's about 850 students, juniors, seniors, and masters at UWT alone. So that's a good pipeline. I think we're, in engineering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think where we're a little shorter is in attracting the experienced senior talent. So those 15, 20 year, a lot of those folks are finding their positions elsewhere and it's winning them back to Tacoma. Some of them live in Tacoma. <laughs> that's what we need to focus on as well as making sure people know there are tech companies here like Humming. And you can have a great job in Tacoma and not have to commute every day. Right. And that's that's a really important point. Um, so apparently had some one of my coworkers did some data pulling for me. Uh, he's a genius and found that nearly a quarter of residents working in computer related occupations um, who live in Pierce County have to commute to another county for a job in this field. So is that what you found, Bill, that it's like? There are these up-and-coming young people that are ready, but they have no experience, and you really need them to have some experience? Or what, what, what are you finding when you're unable to recruit what you need? Sure. So um, I, I think to your point that there is kind of a gap in sort of the senior leadership. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what we would consider sort of a, you know, somebody above a, a mid-level developer. Um but those people are commuting because I know, I mean, we just had a guy in our office yesterday who, ex-Googler, who, you know, moved down here, retired at 30 and is down, you know, down here. And he built all of Google's, you know, or helped build Google's internal systems. And so there are people here that have this good experience. It's just hard to find them. Um, and so um, I think that, you know, we've hired young people from, uh, you know, recent hire grads from uh, UPS, Puget Sound. Um, and so, uh, and they're, they're fantastic because they're... They're like really like they might not have the skill set, but they're very eager to work and to learn. And so sort of our culturally, what we're trying to do is find a, you know, kind of a balance between trying to have, you know, pretty senior people who want to give back and mentor and then have people who are open and receptive to being mentored. Previously, we've had people on the development side who, you know, they're, you know, oh, I, I've, I know what's going on. I don't need anyone telling me what to do. And they kind of go in their own bubble and they just act like they know everything. And that's not a great place or people to work with, you know. Um, so I think we found a good balance here. Um, 
so I think there are a lot of, uh, of good people in the area. It's just hard to connect with them. Um, and I think that um, that's part of the infrastructure gap. I, I think it is there. The pipeline is there. It's just connecting it all into, mm-hmm. you know, because there's different people who do different things. And, you know, y- you said 75. So it's funny you said that because today we had a, for the first time we hosted a, um, like a founder's coffee every Friday at our office. We just have local tech founders come. Nice. And so there were seven of us there today. And we were trying to name the tech companies that we knew. And we came up with maybe 10, you know, and so we were like, and so you said 76 and I'm like, oh, okay, well, we were off by a lot. So, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, that's the point is, you know, how do we spread the word? How do we get people connected? Because anytime you talk to somebody in Tacoma, I think they always have this really, really overwhelming uh, sense of uh, positivity towards the city. And they're like, hey, it's up and coming. It's going. It's a great city. It's, you know, city of destiny, all of these things. And that's great. It's really exciting. Um, and, and that's why we love being here because people, you know, they just have this sense of optimism. But we still need to connect all the dots. Mm. And that's a process. Um, uh, but to answer your question, there are there is talent here. We've been struggling because we just don't know who to turn to and, and who to connect with. And there's a lot of online resources. But um, – you know, they're, they're, again, people go to Seattle because they think they have to go there, even though they live here. You know, you can buy a house in Tacoma for a million dollars in Seattle. It doesn't buy you much, you know, so. Oh, my uh, God, a million yeah. dollar house in Tacoma is oh, like a yeah. house I've never even yeah, been in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's very livable here. And I think people will, will you know, come, come to terms with that over time mm. and realize that. Christine? Well, Bill, I think you bring up a great point that we are really trying to do, and our founder, Dr. Hirschberg, tries to continually bring up, is is Tacoma cool? We want to try to make Tacoma cool. We have so many intelligent students come through, and they go to these brand-name Ivy League schools. They're going to Johns Hopkins, MIT, Stanford— and our goal is to bring them back. Mm. We're trying to launch students. We're trying to give students that just maybe are thinking of going to college and actually launch them to the best and brightest schools, but then give them a place to come back to. So when we look at, you know, Hey Humming, we are so excited that you're here. And not only do we want to give you, like you said, great students now, but you're recognizing it's about the great person. You can train people to program. I mean, I know you need a programmer with basic skills, but if you find you can't teach smart, you can't teach hardworking. So finding people that are at our local schools, PLU and UPS, finding those people are going to accelerate your company. And you understand that as a great CEO, that's what's going to make your company great. And that's what we're trying to teach now to our UW Tacoma students, our UPS students, PLU, St. Martin students. We have students from Bates and Pierce, all the local tech schools, mm-hmm. community college schools, home schools, all of it. That's Those are the skills that we're trying to teach to get these kids to come back. But we recognize, Candace, we need your help from your <laughs> network to make Tacoma cool, to make people want to come back. Yeah. But not and too Pat. cool because I want to be able to afford to live here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Pat, we need your help too. But you're already making it cool. So. <laughs> well, Keep that's... Tacoma feared. <laughs> Just kidding. Bill's like, no. <laughs> but that is one of the um, things that's good about Tacoma and it can be challenging when you're new is that it's a super tight-knit community. Mm. So Christine and I talk pretty often a couple times a mm-hmm. month probably. We're at least in the email contact and – Basically, that's what we at the city do is just connect mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. We connect people mm-hmm. and they make things happen. Mm-hmm. We don't really make them happen. So I think it's um, we have what I call in Tacoma a little bit of a speakeasy culture. You have to know the secret knock. Um, but once you kind of start 
if you know the secret knock on one door, you could open a hundred doors. <laughs> and so yeah. I think it's making sure newcomers like yourself know that secret knock. And then there's tons of resources right. here to help you get connected to others. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. So you you kind of said you you're enjoying being a big fish in a smaller pond. You're a pioneer in terms of what you do and coming to Tacoma, but that infrastructure, all those connections necessarily haven't been made yet, it sounds like. Sure. Yeah. And I think, too, there's things that, um, you know, Seattle does with, um, you know, they have programs where you can go for, you know, eight weeks and you come out with, you know, you have some basic skill in some sort of computer uh, development program. And so, um, you know, you look at, um, you know, there, there's like 15 of those schools, you know, like code academies and things like that. Um, and I think if there was one in Tacoma, that would really kind of change, you know, the label. Um, and uh, more and more developers, because a lot of these developers are, you know, very hipster. And they always think of Tacoma as, oh, this is a very hip place. You know, they, they like it. And so um, when we had our party, we had a, a welcoming party a couple of weeks ago, and our some of the devs who live in Seattle came down and they're like oh wow this is really nice you know like their whole <laughs> perception of it is just you know really skewed and so I think that's part of it too um, but you know people often love I think some people in life are more interested in the idea of being in love rather than loving the person or thing they mm. ought to be loving right that's deep for this podcast oh yeah oh, yeah very deep yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, but I think it's true like people like they, they think Seattle's where I've, I've got to be I got to do it and I see even Amazon people are going to Bellevue, you know, they're moving out. And um, I think that the the same thing will happen with Tacoma. People will be like, okay, this is a very livable place. It's it's a beautiful place. You know, I've never understood, like, and I grew up down here. Mm-hmm. I've never understood, like, people spend all this money on Lake Washington. Yes, it's close to Seattle and Bellevue and all this. But the water down here is so much nicer mm-hmm. and the mountains are better and bigger. And it's just, it's such a nicer place that I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get the craze up there. But um, I think that over time, people will understand that. But in the short term, right now, you know, the next year or two is really about just trying to get people here who are open to being here. And showing people from out of this area you know, out of Washington who think less of Tacoma than Seattle, Um, you know, people from California or wherever, um, that Tacoma is a very livable, very cool. It's kind of a mini Portland, you know, it's kind of a hybrid. It's a a cool place. And so um, it's just presenting an image to them and doing that by saying it's a well-connected place too. Um, I think it's really important. Cool. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast, on the channel 253 network. I fly a lot. And when I fly, I want to actually enjoy my time in the air. So I'm looking for two things. One, being treated like a human being. And two, an amazing mileage plan. And for those two things, the only game around is Alaska Airlines. The flight attendants are courteous, the service is efficient. When I fly with Alaska, I feel like a human, like a customer, not a commodity. And the mileage plan. I get rewarded for the miles that I fly, which means that flying across the country really racks up the miles. So the next time you're looking to fly from SeaTac, skip the travel sites. Just head to alaskaair.com, book your ticket. You'll thank me. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. All right. Welcome back. We're here with Pat Beard, Bill Hurling, and Christine Grace. And we were just talking to Bill about uh, his love, his deep abiding love for Tacoma. So you're from here, right, Bill? Yeah. So I I was born in Seattle, but I grew up in uh, Gig Harbor. So I've I've always kind of been familiar with this area. And and I, you know, 
um, thought, oh, well, I got to go up to Seattle to go, you know, start a company and did, but then realized, nah, I don't like this. It kind of wore off. So, um, what about it wore off? Well, good question. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, so, um, I don't know. It, it, so first of all, I think the commute's a, a very painful thing for a lot of people. Um, and so I was, I was living up there and so I kind of minimized that aspect of it, but, um, you know, it's, it takes you 20 minutes to get to the highway from, you know, it's only three, you can see it, it's three blocks away, but it's just, there's a lot of people and a lot of traffic. Um, and again, I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, you're fighting all these little things that add up, you know, it's kind of death by a thousand cuts in a way. And, you know, at the end of the day, you've got, I don't know if they still are, but Amazon at one point, trillion dollar company, you know, them and Microsoft, the two biggest companies, two of the three largest companies in the world are in our backyard, you know, and so it's hard to really try to, you know, have some sort of exposure with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that whole community, a lot of the, at least in my experience, a lot of the venture capital community is, you know, it's like, oh, how much you raise? Oh, how much did you raise? You know, it's this pissing contest of, oh, I raised 50 million. It, and there, there was actually a company, I, I was actually talking to a guy two weeks ago who his company raised almost, I think, 10 10 or 15 million mm. and their monthly revenue was six thousand dollars i was Ooh. like are you serious yeah that makes sense okay <laughs> so it's just you know and that's the whole kind of vc mentality that is you just keep raising you know and that's all it is because that's your revenue why make money when i can go raise money you know and so um that's so that's, weird yeah yeah it's, it's like a bridge to nowhere yeah and that's the thing and i think that a lot of the companies here there's a great company out in who was at the coffee this morning uh, so free plug you should come to the coffee if you're a founder or something at uh, every friday at our office in tacoma um but uh snap bar if you know that company i haven't met them yeah so they are a hopefully soon i don't know by the time this airs but uh they are an inc 500 company they're they're you know doing a lot of they're doing really well and they do a um uh photo booth technology so they do like uh, photo booths at parties and things, oh, and, and cool. it's really innovative. It's a very, very you know kind of interesting space that you don't think about. But everybody has parties, you know. We have parties, and so, um, and they have tons of big clients, you know. Um, but anyways, their their whole thing is we want to build a business. They haven't taken any money at all. They haven't taken any sort of investment, and they've just built a company. These two brothers have built a company, and. Um, I just, I, it's, it's cool. It's, it's actually building a business. Right. You know, I think a lot of the startup world is, oh, we're just raising money, raising money and hope we're acquired. You know, it's all about users. That's all it is rather than let's actually try to build a business that, you know, makes money. Like that's kind of the point of it. And, um, so they totally own the company themselves. They have a great culture where they control it, you know, and they take care of their people and they build a place that they want to work. That's kind of their mission. And so, um, Anyways, long long story short, but uh, it's there's a lot of great companies here, and I think a lot of it starts with the the through line is that we all kind of want to um, build an actual business, not just uh, raising money and trying to impress people's ego, which is, in my view, a lot of what Seattle was, and that's what I kind of get annoyed with. And plus, you know, how much? What's the upper? You know, how much do we have to grow until people recognize us? Um, you know, when you've got Amazon across the street who are always doing something big every day. You know, they're their one floor makes more money than our company. You know, it's like this big thing. So, um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of why I ended up down here was because I think those are some of the points that got sort of uh, too much for me. And I just realized, you know, it, it's, it's again, the stigma, the financial uh, aspect and the, the talent, these things can be solved and you can work through them. So it's all about lifestyle. Where do you want to live? I can think. you give us like a, a little pitch about your company? Tell us a little bit about your company, how you yeah, started it, how, yeah, when you started it, yeah, how it's absolutely, growing. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, the company Humming, um, 
is automating the advertising agency. A uh, big problem that we see is for small and medium-sized businesses, ad agencies are big blockers. They cost a lot of money. They're not really transparent in terms of their analytics. They just give you a lot of lip service and don't actually do a lot. Um, and so what we've done is created a technology that automates that. So we use uh, principally using AI and ML to um, automate the actual creative. So somebody just drops in a URL to Humming and we automatically generate tons of different ads just based on that. Just based on their website? Yeah. So like the look and feel, you know, whether it's, you know, different types of actual creative unit. We have a good partnership with Canva, who's an awesome mm-hmm. company who, if you don't like what our machines built, you can build your own ad. Um, and then our technology automatically runs the ads too. So instead of a human going, oh, let me look at all these different ads that are running, you know, a machine can do this in seconds and see what's working and what's not. And, you know, if all four of us were targeted by the same company, you know, there's a lot of data that, that advertisers use um, and companies use to say, hey, I'm targeting you. Mm-hmm. Um, that same technology, if we're all going to be um, targeted, uh, our technology not only targets us, but changes the creative, you know, like, Hey, you like this banner ad. I like green ads. You like red ads. You like blue ads. And so automatically the machine can do that where today an advertiser or a designer from an ad agency would have to take, you know, weeks building. And a lot of money. Yeah. And a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. And so we try to, again, we've created this automated creative and then we've created this um, way to manage the actual ads in real time too. And we give you a nice dashboard. It's really clean, really simple Mm -hmm. to understand connect to the demand side platforms. Um, so it's a really powerful tool, but we try to make it really simple for the small to medium sized businesses. The second thing that we do is we then white label that. So we take that tool and we sell it to chambers of commerce or, um, uh, you know, tech platforms and allow them to become ad agencies in a way. So for example, a chamber might have, you know, 500 small businesses that struggle with advertising. You know, they've got a thousand things on their plate, but um, advertising is another one of them. And so we white label it to them and say, hey, go, and we put their logo on it and make it look like the chamber. You don't see our name anywhere. And then they go and sell it out uh, to their people. Um, and we actually have a tool that automates the emails. So just if it's, you know, your name at x.com. We take x.com and then we plug that into our system and we make these ads for you. And then we send that through an email. So you just get an email that says, hey, we've made some ads for you. And oh, you're like, cool. oh, what is this? This is weird. And then you open it up and here's all these custom ads. And you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you just go and run them. So um, it's a pretty cool idea. And we've got a really big pipeline of what we're trying to do too. I'm really excited about where we're going. And we've got a team that's really energized. Um, and we're still kind of building things and figuring it all out. And um you know, there's a lot of people internally that are still guiding the ads too, but um, we're really excited about it and um, we see a lot of future in trying to do this, um, you know, because advertising is important, it works, right. but at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's hard to do and it's hard to know what to do. And it's such an art and that's so funny that it can be, we're at that point where it can be learned by, you know, machines can be like, oh, this person's going to like this or this is pleasing to the eye for sure. Right. Yeah, right. that's yeah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. So you said you have a staff about 15 I think in total, yeah, around that, yeah, yeah, it's, it ebbs and it flows, but yeah, we're growing, so, yeah. And uh, Pat, you were talking about how a lot of the startups that are coming here or growing their companies here have a connection to Tacoma. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting, and in, um, the point that was made about the self-funded companies, pretty much all of the companies in Tacoma are self-funded, and it's interesting because it actually makes sense. These people are already sold on Tacoma because they're already here. Um, for example, Evestment, which was Red Quarry and was bought, yep. but they're staying in Tacoma. They were founded by former Russell ex- executives. So when Russell moved on, 
they didn't necessarily want to move on. They wanted to stay in Tacoma. And there's several companies like that where the founder is from Tacoma or they went to University of Puget Sound and they want to be back here. So I think that's a theme that we've got going. But on the other, I want to point out that one of the strategies we are doing right now, working with Startup Startup 253, if I can get that out. (laughs) Um, And Startup 253 is a local group of a few partners um, that just basically try to support the tech ecosystem. And we're venturing with them to have some events for venture capital funds. So we're inviting um, selected venture capital funds down, and um, we're just going to talk to them, let them meet some of our founders, take them on a little walking tour. We just want them to realize that there is tech and innovation in Tacoma, and hopefully either some of their what I would call graduating companies might consider Tacoma as a location, or it will make it easier for our local tech firms to have those relationships if they want them. Right. And I would even like to go further and say we, I mean, as a and as an incubator, I would say that not only is there the Startup 253 Fund that is willing to invest in companies that are in Tacoma. So if you are a company that is in Tacoma, making your product in Tacoma, and will stay in Tacoma, look into the Startup 253 Fund in 2019. And when the last week, I have had companies coming down from Seattle, looking at Opportunity Zone funding, looking at investing in companies. So that is, again, just more positive things that are happening in our city, that people recognize that there are companies that are starting to accelerate down here. Mm -hmm. And I love it that you are an AI-based company because I think that that's really one thing that's so important for our companies to start with AI. And when, you know, traveling around to a lot of different areas, that is something that if when you start with AI, that's a company that we are really excited about. So, good job. Well, SoftBank just, you know, they just, it's like 108 billion and it's just for AI companies or something. It's just, what's that? It's it's, a, yeah, it's a big VC. It's like the largest. Oh. 108 billion is their like fund size there. Yeah, but there it's just for AI. So it's a very it's, it's very in thing. In well, many of the venture capitalist <laughs> firms that we I mean, they and Microsoft just announced that they are yeah. pr- only going to invest in companies that are AI based. Yeah. And so what I am trying to tell companies that start with your machine learning. Yep. Start to train in the in that area and then develop your product. Right, right. Exactly, and that's yeah, yeah I'm sure yeah. you learned that at yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that going forward, so I'm not trying to teach you this. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, when I invest, that's what I'm. In, yeah, 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 that's what yeah, I'm looking for. So, yeah. good job. Yeah. Did you guys know each other before today? No. no oh wow, not. I yeah, feel just, like yeah. Cupid. Oh <laughs> 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 my gosh, that's yuck. No, well, like you know, investor. Oh, motherly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Motherly advice. You know, okay. Company. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. All yeah. right. I'm just, just doing my part, serving serving Tacoma. We are trying to – no, I, I guess what I'm saying is that as a, a companies that we are trying to – if you are a company mm-hmm. that is similar to Humming, this is what we're trying to bring to right. Tacoma. And this is what Tacoma needs are more companies that are you know, proactively looking towards sustainability in the future. And as companies that are integrating machine learning first mm-hmm. as that type of company. And speaking to someone who works in, and visits incubators – across the world. These are the companies that are destined for long-term success. That's that would exciting. be my piece of yeah. advice. That's <laughs> so. exciting. So, and it's something, eventually something is going to, like like Doug was saying earlier, something's going to pop. And one of these could be the next Amazon. 
Right. Maybe it's Bill's company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give it time. Yeah. So do you, yeah. do you like, do you feel, now that you're here, do you feel competition when, if people, you know, if company, other tech startups start moving down here, or are you just happy for the support and the... Yeah, I, I competition is a good thing. It's it's a great thing. It's what drives us, you know, and I, I feel like um, all great businesses and ideas and people are really driven through competition. It's a good thing. Um, and so I see it as, I hope there's more people that come and more people that come down. Um, and um, because I think a lot of founders actually share a lot of the same problems, you know, they, you know, might, you know, an investor's like, how are things going? Oh, it's great. Don't bother me. You know, <laughs> but if it's to, you know, another founder, you're like, oh man, it's hard managing people. Oh, it's hard doing this. And so, um, and we found that as this, again, this coffee thing. Um, so I think there's a lot of shared um, problems and, and troubles and um, it's really good to to be networked. So I, I think it's a great thing if more and more companies come down. I, I feel like if we could have a buzzing startup ecosystem, it would totally, you know, and I, I, I do believe that that will happen. Um, I'd bet a very large amount of money that that will happen. It's just How many female time. founders come? So my co-founder is female. Um, oh, so nice. Jill, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I, I've, we only came up with a a handful of companies mm-hmm. that we know of now. Today they were all all males mm-hmm. at the at the company or at the coffee thing this mm-hmm. morning. But it's um, great that you're doing mm-hmm. that. That's like a right. classic startup strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm forgetting the name of the famous book that we've all read. That was Lean Startup in oh. Boulder, Colorado, and that was the. Um, Maybe it will come to me. Maybe it won't. But the book <laughs> is not getting plugged at the moment. Um, anyway, the, the theory was that you would do this. You would get founders who are passionate together, supporting each other. Yeah, exactly. Then new founders will find exactly. them. Mm-hmm. And particularly being from the government, some companies really do not want to know the government even that much, right? We're sort of behind the screen. Right, right, right. But founders supporting each other, they know how their business runs. We know how government should run, right? So that's the one of the critical legs of the stool is to have the founders actually meeting. So congratulations yeah. on starting that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the, the whole founder thing is, you know, if you don't see an infrastructure, build it, you know, do it yourself. So I, I, that's kind of why we, we just threw it together. You know, it's on meetup.com. You guys can go check it out. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So you, you brought up a great point, Christine. Um, what are we doing to get more women in this space in Tacoma or at the Rain Incubator? Like, what can we be doing? The diversity in all sectors mm-hmm. um, is well discussed. And it's really identifying that it's a problem first and talking about it. Um, I think we have really one male at the rain incubator. Okay. So we have, um, I would say we actually don't have the um, as much of a diversity problem at the rain incubator because we, I'm, I mean, our science team, our business team, um, I think most of our companies are uh, maybe a little bit more male dominant, but we have our iJam team, which I haven't really talked about. Um, we have a, colli- a, a dual collegiate team and a high school team that has is t- over twenty um, members. is primarily female, so at our incubator, we are really well diversified. But in terms of founders in Tacoma, it's identifying it. Mm. We have t- Startup Two Five Three has certainly had women focused functions. So I think. Um, I'm in women in biotech, mm-hmm. so having women focused things. But I also don't 
I don't think – I think a lot of women don't like having women-only events. You don't like to be identified. I'm sure you don't like to be, just be thought of as being just a woman and then you feel bad when you can't invite you know, your co-founder, right? You don't want to be like, well, I'm special because I'm a woman and then you're unspecial because yeah. you're not. So I think that it's really learning how to integrate it successfully. And really the discussion is there. So I don't really think of it as being a negative. I think everything is changing for the positive. And my first version of my life as a surgeon, I mean, I really was the only woman in my – I mean, I remember showing up to my board exam in Chicago and I went to sign in and they're like, oh, Dr. Grace, you're here. And they knew that because I was the only person <laughs> taking it that was female. Wow. And that was how they recognized me or I would show up and they'd be like, what's your husband's name? Because, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, it's Mark. Why? <laughs> but it's because there was no other females. In those times, I can't even imagine that happening now. So it's the changes. It's just – remarkably different now. And it's so underway. I think it is. Yeah. Actually, yeah, we're absolutely in, in it. As long as we're talking about it, it's changing. Cool. And I think it's super important what you're doing, too, and others are doing as well, like the Idea School, others oh, of exactly. encouraging girls mm-hmm. to be liking STEM. Because, right. frankly, you know, I'm a little bit older, and when I was young, girls just, it wasn't there to like math or science maybe, but not math, right? Every girl thought math was too hard. So I think that the change in perspective now with encouraging girls making STEM fun, learning innovative ways to teach it, super important because there was a time really when only men became engineers, right? Mm -hmm. But now women become engineers and that's just going to grow. I think it takes a little bit of time. But it's going to happen. It's interesting on the ro- on first robotics, which I'm a mentor in first robotics here in the in the Tacoma. What is um, that? First robotics is for inspiration and recognition in science of technology, and it's a high school based. Well, actually, it's not high school, but one of the programs is high school based. But it starts really in about third grade and goes through twelfth grade, and there's four separate programs. It's run internationally, and it's run all the time, and it basically is a way to engage kids in STEM technology through. Uh, ment- there's adult mentors, but it really teaches you not just how to build a robot, but how to program a robot, electronics, how to present a business plan. It's really like a startup every year. But through this mentorship, I identified that on the programming teams, so- shocking how there's not girls. Mm. There just aren't girls. And so because of that, when you're entrepreneurial, you recognize, I can solve this problem. <laughs> I can solve this problem. <laughs> so that's why we started the Girls Who Code program. This is really, you know, it's closing the gender cap in computer science, and that's open to all girls in Tacoma or the surrounding areas. It's Tuesdays, 3.30 to 5. And it's at, basically the, at the incubator? At the RAIN incubator. And it's basically a free program. We have laptops. Sometimes we run out of laptops. So if you have laptops you want to donate, please bring them by. And we basically just have um, volunteer programmers. Bill, you're welcome to come by, 3.30 to 5. <laughs> and people just volunteer, and it's fun. But it's basically a safe, fun place just for girls. And why is it just for girls? I'm sorry we love boys, but it's just for girls because the program shows that when you put girls just in a safe, fun place together, Mm -hmm. they come back. Mm -hmm. They just come back and they tell their friends. And they don't just come alone. They come together. And there's a mission that's a social impact. Last year it was all about homelessness. And so it wasn't about creating a video game or creating something that would be probably a little bit more like the boys tend to do. Um, But it was about having something that was a mission and social impact. Awesome. One of those girls could be the next founder of an Amazon. That's – they love it. And then the point is that they keep choosing more classes in school 
that are STEM-based. Mm-hmm. And they went off. A lot of the girls joined programs at the Boeing, you know, in Bo- at Boeing had programs. And um, Amazon will send us stuff. So they keep choosing classes. And that's what why it's, again, it's about your network. Great. That's awesome. That gave me, like, tingles down my spine. <laughs> that's really cool. So... Um, what so what are we kind of talked about the pipeline it sounds like the pipeline is getting there it just might be a little more time for those people those people who are currently at UWT and at other programs to matriculate um, for that PhD program to come online but what is like the city doing to develop that pipeline yeah so um, what we're doing to we don't run schools of course the (laughs) city doesn't but we're definitely supporting others we were um extremely involved in setting up the RAIN incubator um, and now working with Startup 253 and others. So basically our role is to support others in what they do and also, again, making those connections. And it's it's amazing the amount of network we try to build between people, um, work very closely with UPS and UWT and it's just kind of ours is there to support right. what others are doing. Opening the doors, like yep. you said. Yeah. And I think um, Bill could talk about the uh, um, interns he has. Oh. If yeah, he's allowed to share about oh. the interns, because the interns are actually a startup of their own. Oh. Nice. Yeah, um, I don't know if they're still doing that. They've oh, been focused. Maybe they've, <laughs> yeah, they've so aborted the first. I, I don't. I think. I think. Yeah. I. I think they're. Um, they're working on a. On a. Um, it's called Popover. It's an app for college students to get jobs, like Uber for jobs. Um, I don't think it's quite as front burner as it was before, but I'm sure that they will do it, and I have full faith and confidence that it'll be. A fantastic project. So <laughs> that was pretty yeah. a cool idea, and I'm sure the yeah. idea is still there that yeah. they um, have these internships, and the interns get to benefit by working with them and get to work on their nice. own little technologies, and you know, getting a great job to support the college education at the same time. I think that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of the last question for all of you. Um, for many computer occupations, our concentration of employment in Pierce County is about half the national average right now. It sounds like things are growing. Things are developing. They're incubating, if you will. <laughs> um, and more and more is going to come online. You, Your just existence, Bill, in Tacoma probably means that more companies are going to move down here. Um, how do you think Tacoma and Pierce County, considering that right now we have about half the national average concentration of computer occupations, how do you think Tacoma and Pierce County are going to grow in the tech sector um, in like the next five to ten years, and how do we make that happen? Well, the first thing I would say is that I think more companies like Humming will take the chance on Tacoma and find out it works and it's successful. But the other thing, and I think maybe the bigger thing, is that I think the tech sector as its own thing, the lines are becoming increasingly blurred. As you know, I'm always saying, and I think I said before, to me, every company is a tech company nowadays. And I think when you look at, for example, one of the ideas behind the founding of the Rain Incubator was that between Multicare and Madigan, there was patient data on over half a million patients and a very diverse patient base mm. that doing clinical trials 
and that sort of thing with that kind of access to data is huge. And Multicare is known for its data analytics. So I think that's how I see it. Um, we have an aerospace company here. We have several, but one that I know pretty well is called Toolgauge. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going to using robotics and cobotics not to eliminate jobs, but actually to give people greater, more challenging jobs by eliminating some of the repetitive work in the field mm-hmm. and then also going to using apps on their phones to track their inventory and processes. So that just shows how every company, I think, is going to become a tech company. Employees, even myself, I'm using Salesforce at work. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a lot more digitally than I ever would have dreamed. So even I'm becoming something of a tech worker, right? <laughs> and I think that's just the trend that will happen. And I think you're only right as Tacoma gets better and better. So many restaurants coming here, breweries, mm. new shops. That just makes people want to be here even Cat more. cafes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So I think um, businesses like people uh, want a settled playbook so they know how aggressively or as cautiously uh, as they can to act so they can um, really know what to do. And so I look at Tacoma a lot like San Jose uh, was to San Francisco. Tacoma is to Seattle. I think it took one big tenant like Adobe in San Jose and now Adobe in San Jose. The city are this massive tech hub. You know, it's a very... um, it's just it's a tech city, right? And so I think similarly, it might take one major tenant to really be that anchor to be like, oh yep, it's legit. This legitimizes everything. But to get that person, um, it has to be a network first of smaller startups, pioneers doing, you know, two to five million in annual revenue that just get, you know, create a fun place to work and a livable place in a city that um, has good restaurants and has a very, you know, affordable housing and all of that. Um, so it's going to take a lot of the smaller people first that in aggregation add up to attract a bigger person that really will put the stamp on it. And then it'll be expensive to be here too. But um, I think that's what it'll take. And, and not only those, and to get those smaller people, I think you need to have somebody like Code Fellows come down and say, hey, we'll build a partnership with UPS or UW Tacoma and and we'll have a coding boot camp, you know, here that people will help. Or um, it starts with, um, you know, other extensions of things in Seattle that can come down here and try to build that ecosystem. I think there sort of needs to be a better, um, you know, kind of starters book for, uh, you know, people that are coming down. Um, and just better press of Tacoma in general. Um, and highlighting, having local media highlight, oh, here's a business that, you know, maybe is or out of tech that, um I guess every company is a tech company, but, you know, that are a little more tech than than not, mm-hmm. um, that can come down here and see, um, you know, okay, that is that is cool. Like, I could see myself there. And, and that's all it's about. A lot of it's about the branding. And so I think that there needs to be a little bit better of networking of between people that are doing organizations, because I think everybody's doing, like, great work, but, I, like, I've never met, I've never, you know, I don't know what, you know, I don't know these people. So, and they're great people. So I think... Um, you know, just having that better connection and then having a little bit better connection too from a financial standpoint too, having like, you know, another VC or two here. I think it's great that you're having PSL and other people come down. I think that's a tremendous thing. Um, that's only going to continue to encourage other VCs. Um, and again, as we had investors come down to our party and other people that are in big tech, you know, they're like, oh, this is kind of nice. I like this. Yeah, we're going to go walk over to dinner over here or whatever. So um, Tacoma has a very, very 
uh, bright future and one that um, I'm really excited to be a part of building. And I think together we can do that. The last thing I'll say is I see there's an almond roca, you know, <laughs> thing here and from Tacoma, very popular in China, I'm sure. But um, Mars, the candy company Mars was originally from Tacoma. I didn't know that until someone was telling me that. And so, um, and that person, Mars, the guy, he was scared off by by whatever brothers these were, the Haley bros, that um, he was like, oh, this is too competitive here. So we moved to Chicago or wherever. So, um Anyways, we can get back to that, is my point, is that I think that Tacoma can be much like it is, as it was, it can become that at one point where really big companies, brand names, Mm -hmm. recognizable global brands, um, will not only have shops here, but will have started here. And so it first starts with the little startups, and then that's how you get the big tenants, and then it's just a growing ecosystem from there. As you're talking about that, I'm thinking, now we have to have the conversation about affordability. But (laughs) that's another thing, like, like, Christine, that's another thing we need to make sure that all of our diverse people across Tacoma that are growing up here are getting access to this education and these opportunities so they can have these good paying jobs one day. So that has to be a part of it, that conversation about how we bring everyone in and how we make access to tech more equitable, I think. Oh, isn't that so true? Absolutely. I mean, but you know, education, STEM education is growing in the schools, and STEM education is available to those who want it. It's actually just making it, making kids want it, and making it, and not making scary. it interesting, yeah. exactly, and making it fun. And that's really yeah. how we are. We're trying to engage students. I love everything you say. I really don't have a lot more to add, other than to say my experience with the way Tacoma is, other than other cities, is really it's digestible. Our ecosystem, I feel like maybe it's because I just know a lot of people, and I've been here a long time, is people here know each other. And so I'm sorry, in a month we haven't met, but it just seems that it in the span of Pacific Avenue compared to other cities, we seem to know our co-working spaces, our incubator spaces. We have SpaceWorks, which we haven't talked about. SpaceWorks is a fantastic place that puts out great companies. If you have access to get to SpaceWorks as a micro company that is going to put out five or less people, that is fantastic. I try to get people to SpaceWorks. The Vibe. Vibe is such a great business incubator. We try to utilize their teaching as much as we possibly can. We are very product focused, not business focused at mm-hmm. Rain. Um, and then we have all of you know many other co working spaces that have lots of great series. Startup Two Five Three has it. So I think it's inevitable that in five years we are going to have small to mid sized companies that are doing incredible things for <laughs> our economic development and. If you just look around and look at the number of buildings being built, the number mm-hmm. of apartments being yeah, built, the cranes, the, it is changing. <laughs> yeah. The way it's changing. Point Rustin is changing the face of Tacoma. So, Pat, thank you for what you and the city have done for us and how you've changed it. So I am excited to be a citizen of Tacoma. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> oh, and you've like ended that perfectly. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking because that was wonderful. <laughs> thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other podcasts, Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Crossing Division, We Art Tacoma, Flounders B-Team, and Tacoma. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I. Dot rude R-U-U-D at gmail.com. 
The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.